Welcome to The Inner Game. This is Gwen Garcelon, your host, bringing you a conversation I had with Peter Mayer in 2009. Peter's music is what you hear at the beginning and end of The Inner Game shows, and he is one of my favorite evolutionaries. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Quantum Activist Network, where we come together in community to inspire heart-centered action in service to the greatest commitments of humanity. Life began on Earth 4 billion years ago, but human life started just 200,000 years ago. Yet in that span of time, we have disrupted the very balance that sustains human life. So we find ourselves at a point in our evolution as a species where we can get it together and decide how to sustain ourselves, how to create a world that works for everyone, or game over, and whatever is next will be next. I love the outward bound saying, if you can't get out of it, get into it. So you can't, if you can't evade the circumstances you're in, if the storm or the cliff or the injury or the equipment failure won't disappear, face it. Throw yourself at it. Turn your full attention to it. Take responsibility for what you have control over. As we look around at where we have control in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and beyond, we, we open ourselves to the unlimited potential in each one of us to be a force for healing and service, knowing that we have the ability to create the world that we know is possible, that reflects the genius and creativity and interdependence of humanity. On that note, we are so delighted to welcome singer-songwriter and champion of the people, Peter Mayer. I first saw Peter perform in a little coffee house in the mountains of Colorado, and I was absolutely transfixed by the messages in his music of the interconnectedness of the human journey and about the beauty and mystery of life. I then turned Sam, the founder of the organization, I was working for at the time, on to Peter, and we got him to come to Washington, D.C. and play for our annual convention of activists from all over the world. And it's funny, Sam is an activist with a musician's soul, and I think Peter is a musician with kind of an activist's soul. Peter began playing the guitar and writing songs when he was in high school. He studied theology and music in college and then spent two years in seminary. After deciding that the priesthood wasn't for him, he took a part-time job as a church music director for eight years while performing at clubs and colleges and, and writing and recording his music. In 1995, he quit the church gig and started touring full-time. He has a passionate and dedicated following all over the country, and I certainly include myself in that tribe. In fact, um, part of Peter's song, Awake, is the introductory music that you hear at the beginning of these interviews. So it is in the energy of awakening and a celebration of expression that we welcome you, Peter. Well, thank you, Gwen. It's an honor to be, uh, to be here, and uh, I'm, I'm so uh, touched by your introduction and also uh, just the content of the introduction before you even ta started talking about me. I thought it was wonderful, <laughs> and, and I'm still kind of uh, thinking about it. <laughs> so, so anyway, well, that's what we're here to do. I'll try to talk uh, 
in, in addition to think. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know until recently that you were a theology student and did some time in the seminary. You know, theology was part of my master's degree in leadership. Oh, and, is that right? And I came close to going to the Harvard Divinity School, oh. but, I, but I suspect I wouldn't have fit in. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> not necessarily. There are a bunch <laughs> of Unitarians over there, you yeah, know, so yeah. you might be okay. <laughs> well, I'm curious, what made you leave that path? Well, I, I, you know, my own personal theology, I guess, changed a lot. Um, in, in, I, I didn't, I didn't really leave the um, seminary because of that. I mostly mm-hmm. left because of the celibacy requirement. Uh, I just decided I just don't want to be yep. a celibate. I really couldn't be a celibate. But after I left, I, uh, I, I just over the years did, you know, did a lot of reading and searching, and and just really uh, kind of. Uh, drifted away from that uh, Catholic creed. I just really, really didn't feel like I could say it in good conscience anymore. Mm-hmm. Were there but other I, ideas that were kind of becoming more prevalent for you? Or yeah, I think so. I, I think, uh, you know, some of the uh, things, the very things that you said in your introduction, and that's that's uh, part of the reason that I said that, that I was still thinking and pondering what you said um, because there was a lot, there was a tremendous amount there in just a few sentences that you talked about life on Earth and human life and uh, the evolution of, of life on the planet and all that. And a lot of that stuff is really, that's, that's the kind of subject matter that I really immersed myself in after um, I left seminary and, and got very excited about um, and also very concerned um, really kind of depressed, uh, to be honest, uh, as I learned more about the environmental uh, crisis. And, but but most, most, mostly just, just kind of excited about learning about the story of life and, and um, our lucky, the lucky fact that we're here now mm-hmm. to, to be able to learn that because, of course, most people didn't have the privilege to learn that story as science is telling us now. So a lot of that really informed my own kind of worldview and my own goals as a as an artist and a, and just as a person who is trying to figure out uh, what life means, you know. Um, so I, I I sort of drifted away from notions of of super you know supernatural. The supernatural really became kind of meaningless to me because the natural world seems so incredible and magnificent and 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 so surreal in in many ways that uh, that the supernatural just seemed like something not really worthy of of speculation Mm -hmm. Uh, there's too much to learn and too much to discover about Uh, what's just right here in front of us exactly about what's real uh, or or uh, about what's natural you might say yeah What's the significance of Blue Boat? I know that's in one of your songs, and you know that's your email address. And talk a little bit about that. As you had mentioned, I'm a singer-songwriter. I, I, I actually, um, my wife and I share this this business of, of um, you know, uh, booking me performing uh, around the the country and and just uh, uh, making records and. So about four records into it, uh, we had the opportunity to to own 
that record. The, the previous records, I had gotten investors, and so it was a little more complicated. But um, by the time that we were able to own the records ourselves, we decided we needed a name for our business. And so I, I sort of mined the metaphors that were in my book, idea book for songs. I had all these metaphors and images, and we just played with different names, and I thought, well, Blue Boat was a good name, because even though at the time I had not had a song that dealt with that, it, it, the Blue Blue Boat was, was meant to be a metaphor for the earth itself mm-hmm. as a as a big blue boat that's, uh, you know, sailing in the cosmic sea. Mm-hmm. And so um, we chose that as the name for our company, and... Um, Subsequently, I, I actually did finish a song called "Blue Boat Home." Right, I love that song. Yeah, thank you. And um, and so anyway, that's that's where the the name comes from. And what does that metaphor bring up for you? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, these days, of course, we know everybody knows we're on a planet. <laughs> we didn't know that for most of our human history. Right. And we know how big the universe is, and we, and it, when you contemplate that that we're on this little planet uh it's you know brings back brings up all sorts of feelings but i think that that it, one of the things it brings up is that we're all in in this together and and it's a it's a finite space that we're occupying here and it's a very very precious place it's our only place and i love the idea of the boat because i think that a boat on the ocean conjures up lots of romantic feelings and and it's it's easy to to be overwhelmed by kind of the indifference and and, and the vastness of of our our place in the universe. But I think that if we we kind of you know use metaphors that conjure up, like I said, feelings of, of romance and and sort of dreams. And, and there's there's not many people who aren't affected by the idea of a of a ship on on the sea. Right. There's, there's something about that that just makes you feel good and excited. And I think that that's again kind of the idea of trying to find a metaphor that's kind of accessible and that that you understand right. within you and vulnerable too. You know, I mean, even a huge ship like the Titanic can go down. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's still it's still tiny in in that context, and of course that's that's true for us too. You know, in another one of your songs, you say, what if to reach the highest destination of human life you had to fall? And I was just reading a great column by best-selling author Martha Beck where she said, the primary difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that the former fail far more. They just don't let it stop them from trying again. <laughs> and I wondered if you could just talk about the value that you've just you know, seen about falling down along the way. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's a great that's a great quote. Um, well, I do think that it's, a lot of life is just simply, uh, you know, as they say, showing up, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to quote unquote succeed or accomplish something that you're proud of uh, every day. But it, I do think that if you keep at it, you, you're going to be able to look back and say that you've accomplished something. I think that for that, for me, that lyric also really speaks to my own uh, kind of um, shift in, in theology, as I had mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, one that kind of comes back to the here and now instead of the heavens above and the afterlife, which is not now either. So the here and now instead of the above and later, I guess you might say, 
so that that song really comes out of that that shift for me is kind of recognizing for myself anyway that living in the present is really where you find salvation and so much of our human existence is about just our 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 fallibility i mean we're just you know these imperfect beings that sort of you know experimenting all the time and you know it seems like there's just a lot of a lot of falling down that we do all the time yeah i think that's the nature of life i mean it is a lot of uh, the the kind of philosophy that I've been inspired by is uh, this this idea that you know as a, as a theology student, of course, you're always come from this this worldview that that says there's that perfection, quote unquote, perfection exists, and that God is perfect, and that we ought to strive for that. In fact, that's a quote in the Bible: "Be perfect as your Father is perfect." And um, I, I think that. Uh, uh, well, that, that that represents one of the changes that occurred in me is sort of the, that there is no such thing as quote perfection. Um, life in, life includes by its very nature uh, quote unquote in, imperfections, and it's 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 not about perfection. It's it's about life, and and uh, I, I've been really touched by some writings. One occurs to me by Thomas Berry where he talks about how adversity and and the process of overcoming adversity which he calls creativity mm-hmm. is is really that is what um where meaning in life is found and he 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 doesn't for example he doesn't like the word peace mm-hmm. because peace implies passivity and inertness and and he thinks life is is by nature dynamic and that the beauty in nature really happens because of the adversity that living things uh, uh, strive to overcome. And and um, so, for example, the beauty of of, of a hawk, uh, its beak, its talons, its its eyes, uh, its wings are all f- functions are all results of of its its um, struggle to survive. And and if it, it it didn't struggle to survive, it wouldn't be literally so beautiful. And um, so I've I've really thought a lot about that through the years, and I and I think that that uh, uh, it's interesting how we've and I and I, I do think that that the the notion of peace is really an important one. You know, it, it kind of depends on your application, your definition. When you talk about uh, uh, lack of war or, or the, those kinds of things, I think that it's a very important goal to strive for. Um, but on the other hand, that there's this tension in in nature that I think uh, has a lot to teach us. Right. Um, I love that piece about adversity and spawning creativity. You know, I think that's what that outward bound thing is all about. If you can't get over it, get into it. Figure it out. Right. Don't be afraid of it. Right. This is your opportunity. Yeah, that's a good, that's exactly it. And I I love in your song, The Dark, where you talk about going into the unknown. And I just find this is really relevant to for those of us taking on any of the social challenges in our communities and in the world because social change is you know it's often about going into unknown territory where the solutions are are not easily revealed how do you get more comfortable with the dark areas of of life (laughs) i I don't know (laughs) have you figured that one out yet (laughs) Um, yeah i I think that in, in some respects you're you know it's it's this practice of almost like a spiritual practice of of trying to uh name the, the thing that you're afraid of and then engage with it and i don't think that's easy i think to some extent it goes 
beyond our, our own nature. You know, you're, you're kind of fighting some of the primitive aspects of your own nature, of your own brain, really, you know, trying to face what you're afraid of because there's a lot of survival mechanisms that are in our in our brains are there for good reason mm. and they're part of the reason that we, we exist is, right. is we're afraid of certain things that we're cautious of certain things but I think that it, obviously that it can be paralyzing as well so so I think it's a matter of kind of naming what you're afraid of and then and then if it's not going to if, if you determine it's not going to kill you then you step into it and you, you'll probably find that you're you're in a better place because of it but the, the song in the dark of course is about the unknown in general you know right. just this image of walking around uh, in the dark i think that the, again that also for me as so many things has has uh, implications for theological philosophical implications that that have to do with uh, our desire for certainty and i've really as i as i've gotten older as i think many people do i've, I've kind of uh, let go of some of that longing for certainty, and I I think that in in letting go of that, the the payoff is is that you you find discovery and you find a certain openness to the world itself, and uh, uh, that is just can be very exhilarating. You don't sort of bring a prejudgment to the world, uh, but you just kind of accept it for what it is, like the Taoists, and it. it it's just a. I, I think for me, it's ultimately been a much better place to be than um, where I was before, with yeah. more strict beliefs and imposing those on the world. Mm-hmm. Seems like as our world is becoming, you know, more uh, more connected and more connected with our diversity, with our pluralism, w- there's a need to be more in that gray area of well, I don't understand you, but I realize that we're different, and I, you know, need to go into this sort of gray area and, as you say, you know, explore and. That's a great example. I, I think that's a great application uh, that you just made uh, with regards to human relationships. And it, it's sort of, um, you know, human respect 101 in a way, but it's mm-hmm. something that all of us uh, are constantly having to remind ourselves of is to not, to not judge somebody, but just try to accept at least to open, be open to others and, and to receive what they have to give and um, to try and put yourself in their shoes and you know that uh, whole act of compassion that really is I think what that is is, yeah. is being open to somebody and, and trying to see from their point of view and, and boy that I think that changes everything with regards to how one is in the world mm-hmm. and um, and with regards to the work that you're talking about mm-hmm. you know being an activist it feels like in our society we're so brought up to try and figure out what's right and wrong like there's the definitive answer and so yeah. when somebody is doing something different you know that seems wrong you know it's just so confronting yeah you know so what do we do with that how do we be with that i think music really you know helps you know in the exploration yeah i i do think that that music as a writer i think that that just the act of writing music uh can be a, a real clarifying um process for me writing lyrics in particular um trying to um you know paul simon has a great quote where he says uh, songwriting is the process of discovering what it is that i'm thinking that doesn't exactly say what i'm what I'm trying to get at, but it, it, it's basically the, the process of, of discovering 
uh, how to articulate something. Right, right. And um, it's something that you yourself may not understand, but by the end of the song, hopefully you have some some ways of understanding a right. certain feeling or a certain idea. And and for me, that's yeah. It's a, I, I enjoy songwriting, but it's not it's not easy for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, to really write a song I care about really is hard work for me, and um, and it has to do with that. It has to do with identifying something, and not only for myself, but hopefully something that's uh, that's universal or, or universal enough where the song will speak to other people as well. Um, so I do think that that's a good way to bridge. You know, at least in my own mind, to, to to create a bridge between myself and others, and what I at least think that we have in common. Mm-hmm. And of course, I guess that's also what you're doing with regards to being an activist in the world and caring about what other people's lives are like and and trying to make them better. Yeah, um, you know, I think we all have a special gift we can bring, and it's just that finding that expression. Mm-hmm. And 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 I love what many um, singer-songwriters and other musicians do is that's their gift is to express ideas that some of us, some others of us may not be able to articulate or evoke a feeling that, you know, maybe we can't access as easily on our own. And so it's a great gift that you give, and it's really an expression of activism, I feel, very strongly. Well, I, I am. I, I must say, I'm very touched by by that observation because I, <clears throat> as a songwriter, not infrequently do I feel like I'm just sort of, you know, hiding out, <laughs> hiding out right. in the world. I mean, I get you know, being an observer and hopefully a, a, a processing what I experience and see in the world. But uh, there's a certain um, solitary process mm-hmm. of, I guess, for a writer or artist in general that. When I see people that are real activists like you or, you know, people who are really gathering and, and really doing stuff, trying to trying to make a difference in the world, I really have an admiration for that and don't feel, oh, I, I don't feel very, um, very skilled at, at that. So I, I'm really glad that you include me in, <laughs> in that. Well, I, you know, I absolutely think it, it, it's so valid, Peter. I mean, I think if you look at really any of the big civic movements over the past many years, there are songs, there's music, there's poetry that we, that we match to those movements. And, you know, and I think that, that, that the two are, are very much married and are so much more powerful when, when both are happening together. Yeah. Well, I do think I think one of the wonderful things about what you're doing is is that uh it's that inner life uh that we all we all need that inner spark that that kind of excitement about being alive first off and then the excitement about trying to <clears throat> make a better world. And I I do think that that excitement really does come from from things like music. I mean, music is just one of them, but I know in my life, you know, if if I can read something or if I can hear a song that really kind of clarifies and and inspires and sparks, it's like, boy, that that can make a, a for a lifetime of dreaming a new dream, so mm. to speak, you know. I, I think there's so many people that agree with you. I mean, it's just it seems like this very visceral need that we have to find those sort of soundtracks to our life and you know, the poetry that, you know, that really evokes our that inner spark. Yeah. And to harken back to it when we're we're kind of feeling lost, you know, um, 
and I, I have that need in my life, of course, too, where you just um, sort of have to rearticulate for yourself what is what you believe or what what you want to accomplish, and um, and I think that those little those little sort of sound bites, to put it crudely, mm-hmm. uh, in song or in art or whatever, can really bring us back to where we want to be. We'll end the conversation here for now, but there's much more that we talked about. If you'd like to hear it, you can go to kdnk.org slash the inner game or join the Facebook page at the inner game or find us on Apple Podcasts at the inner game for the whole interview. Thanks for listening. Have an inspired holiday and I'll be back in 2023. Ocean's gray. Winds are restless. Trees are patient, you my child, far away. Waves are crashing, rivers churning, planets twirling, stars ablaze. Storms are raging, atoms whirling, and you, my child, far away. To perceive these wondrous things, to count the beats of a blackbird's wings, to tell a story and dance. All the splendors of creation are very happy that you came because they needed someone to see them. My child, far away. To perceive these wondrous things, to count the beats of a blackbird's wings, to tell a story and dance. Seeds are hopeful, dewdrops fleeting. Trees crooked, redwoods straight, and they are not known to the sleeping, but you, my child, are away. You, my child, are awake. You, my child.